0: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I told somebody this morning, I have reached, I'm 38, and I'm such an old 38 that I ask and receive for a weather station for my birthday. Uh, if you don't know what that is, I'll explain it later, but that's pretty old man stuff. Um, it's good to see everybody this morning. Who, I saw earlier we had the Millers and Mickey online. Is everybody else on Zoom with us this morning, Mike? That's it right now? Well, we're glad to have them, Mickey and, uh, and Millers. Good to see you guys this morning, or not see you, but have you here with us. Um, so last week we looked at um, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, and we're going to continue today with the next two verses. Um, th- the point that God really wanted us to drive home last week is that we all experience this tension in our lives, and, and that tension often becomes the source of temptation for us to, to drift away from... Who God has called us to be, the gifts that He has given us. Um, we didn't discuss really at all last week the reasons why that happens in our lives. We just discussed the fact that it does, and that the author uh, is encouraging us to not let that happen. And so today we're gonna we're gonna dive into the first why of why it's important to not let that tension pull us away from the men and women that God's called us to be. Um, today we're gonna look at that first reason and and uh and the author of Hebrews is going to kind of help us understand that the things that we know to be truth, right? The things that are clear in scripture, those truths cannot be ignored. And that's going to be our focal point today that there are there are things in our lives that we know to be true. And Leah, thank you so much for that testimony this morning. I want to affirm that the Lord absolutely wanted you to share that. It's going to tie perfectly in uh later in the message. And so I'm going to I'm going to Draw us back to that for just a moment, but thank you for, for being vulnerable with us this morning. But I want us to see that that there are things in our lives that we know to be true, and we can't we can't ignore those things. And I want to share an example of something that happened in my life last weekend. Of I knew in my mind the way uh, it was going to unfold, but I thought I knew better. Okay, and so let me let me break this down for you. So I'm a, a guy that grew up in Grant Parish. Um, I'm a guy who is familiar with mud. And things that are involved in mud. We had some trees next to our house that did not come down in the hurricanes, uh, but were dead in the top, and we wanted to get those addressed before we have another storm that came through and put a hole in our brand new roof. So uh, I've got this man lift that I borrowed from work, and uh, we had had a lot of rain the week before, and our yard was already a mess from having the tractor in and out of there getting the trees out from the hurricanes. And so I, in my mind, thought I'll just back this lift in there through that muddy yard to get it where I need it to be in position to to get up and start at the top and work my way down cutting these trees down and so it was hooked to my truck and so I tried backing it in there real slow getting it I mean I had just the perfect angle and I just barely got the back of my truck into the yard and it got stuck Um, but I got street tires and Bethany's car has all-terrain tires so I was like, I'll pull my car out with her car and then I'll hook her car to it and back on. And Craig's going, yeah, it makes perfect sense. I'm getting a lot of nods right here, okay? See, I'm not alone. See, the truth is in my mind, I knew that the yard was too wet but I, and I knew that my dad had a tractor that I could go and borrow, but I didn't want to do all that. It was too much work, right? Just hang on to that thought. So, so we pull my truck out and by the way, I have not seen my wife laugh as hard as she did that morning in a long time because she said, Will, my truck's just going to get stuck too. I'm like, no, it's not. I ignored the truth because I know better because I grew up in Grant Parish and I know about mud. And, and so we hooked, we pulled my truck out. I hooked her car up to it and immediately got it stuck. Um, and so the moral of the story is, listen to your wife. Uh, no, that's not the moral. That's a side. <laughs> that's a side. <laughs> Craig's, again, I'm getting some affirmation from Craig. I knew that the yard was too wet, right? I knew that if I tried to back the vehicles in there, that there was a real good chance that I would get stuck. But I thought I knew better than what I did. What I should have done was just went and got the tractor, and then I wouldn't get stuck at all. i would to save myself about an hour of scrambling around, huffing around all mad because my plans didn't work out, and my wife laughing at me. It made me even more mad. Normally, she doesn't like me to talk about her in the message, but I got her permission today because, you know, That's, that's, I needed to share that story, okay? So there's a truth in my life that I know, but I wanted to go around that truth because it seemed like it would be easier to ignore the truth than it would to be to deal with the truth, right? So you and I are similar in that way, okay? Um, Have you ever heard the saying, it probably was paraphrased, not quite as redneck as I'm about to say it, but if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. Have y'all heard that before? Okay. I don't know if that's the original phrasing of it, but that's the way it is in my head. That's the truth for us, is if we continue to live life in one way and it's not the right way, the results are not going to change. They're always going to be the same. We can't look at the truth and then disagree with it and then also be shocked when we discover that our plans didn't work out the way we thought they would. It just, that doesn't make sense, okay? The rules of the game don't change. Truth is always truth and nothing changes that. Truth cannot be ignored. And we all have areas in our lives where we try to um, ignore truth. All of us have tried to um, ignore the truth that, that once you're late, there's nothing you can do to change it. And I want to just say right from the beginning of that, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, okay? There's a reason that this, this example came to mind. I don't know if any of you guys have seen uh, the new, episode, or the new um, series that just came out on Disney called uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you haven't seen it, um, there's no spoilers here. I am going to tell you one line that he says in the movie. It was just kind of off the cuff thing. He says, there's no such thing as being on time. You're either early or you're late. Now decide. I loved it. I loved it. Okay. But here's the thing. Often we convince ourselves that it's okay to be a little bit late. I'll just speed and I'll make up the time and then I'm not late. Okay. I don't know if you've ever worked that math in your head, but I have. Okay. And here's how that math plays out. Let's just assume that you only have to go 10 miles. And let's also assume that the speed limit is 60 miles an hour. How long is it going to take you to get there? No, ten. That was a good try, though. It's going to take you ten minutes to get there, one mile a minute. Okay. My brain did the same thing at first last night, so I wrote down the math. Okay. So let's now assume that we're five minutes late, and you have a ten-minute drive to make. If you drive eighty, which is guaranteed to get you a speeding ticket, you only will gain two minutes. Guess what? (laughs) You're still late. That's the point. But I appreciate you illustrating that point because in our minds, we say, if I just go a little faster, I'll get there and I won't be late anymore. But church, truth cannot be ignored. We cannot go outside the laws of physics or we will go to jail, kids who haven't started driving yet, okay? Let's talk about another example. We might have um, a small maintenance issue, but it's annoying. And so we ignore it because it's annoying and we don't want to deal with it right now. A lot of you guys know that we bought my grandparents' house, and when they, when, they bought, when they built the house, after they built it, they put on this back porch. It's made out of aluminum. Um, you guys have seen them before, and, and they used it as a back porch for a little while, and then they put screens in it, and they really liked that, and so then they put glass windows in it, and instead of treating it like a back porch, they started treating it like a room in the house, and it had carpet in it, and we ate out there often. Well, as that thing began to age, after we bought the house, it began to leak a little bit. And I poked and prodded with it and couldn't figure out why it was leaking or where the leaks were coming from, and they got worse. And Bethany would, would talk to me about it, and I would poke and prod and couldn't really figure it out, and things got worse. We changed the floor several times. But the truth is, is that room was intended to be a porch, not a room in the house. And it didn't matter how many times we put a new floor in it. It didn't matter the fact that we put an air conditioner in it. It was still a porch, and eventually we had to tear that thing down. But the truth was, is that it was never built and never intended to be a room in a house. It was built to be a porch, and when I tried to treat it like something else, it didn't work out. Uh, another example: dirty things have to be washed, okay? And nobody—it doesn't matter if it's clothes, kids, dishes, dogs. It, it doesn't matter. People don't like washing things because it's annoying sometimes, especially when kids are rowdy. Can I get an amen from the rowdy kids? those things are just difficult. I, I asked Luke's permission to, to share this story, um, and his response was, absolutely, you have to tell this story. Uh, I guess a couple of months ago, the kids do the dishes in the evenings, and, and Luke just, he came to me, and he's like, Dad, I hate doing the dishes. And I was like, dude, I get it. Dishes are the worst. And he said, oh, I'm glad you feel that way. He said, when, do I, when is my turn over? And I said, well, here's the deal, son. It was my turn until I had you So your turn will be over when you have a child that is old enough to do the dishes. And he looked at me and was like, that's terrible, Dad. But there's truth there. There are often things in our lives we have to do that are unpleasant. But ignoring them doesn't make them be any less true. The dishes got to get washed. The clothes have to get washed. The kids have to get bathed at least once a week. Okay? There's often these truths in our lives that require our attention. And it doesn't matter how much we want to ignore them. There's still truth. Those things are still in our lives. This is the same issue that the author of Hebrews is addressing in our, in our scripture today. There are many things that, that they were being distracted from. They were being distracted from the beauty, and I love that Leah talked about that this morning, the loveliness of Jesus. That's what I have written in my, here in my notes, that they're distracted from the beauty of what Christ gave them by the unpleasantness in the rest of their lives. Remember, we talked about this last week, is that these people gave up their families, they gave up their jobs, they gave up their livelihoods, they gave up the peace that had existed in their lives in order to become followers of Jesus. And now there is this temptation, because of that tension that they feel in their lives, to drift away from who God had called them to be, to drift away from the truth. And, and when we read that word drift, think of... Um, I don't know if any of you guys have spent much time on a boat, but if you've ever tried to put a boat back on a trailer when you're in a river, the river's usually going this way or this way, and the boat comes in at a T, and you gotta, you gotta time the cutoff of the engine just so that you go right up into the trailer. If you cut the engine too soon, you drift away. And that's the same idea here is that, that often in our lives, we pull back too soon, and that can cause us to drift away. Look at Hebrews chapter 2 verses 2 through 3 with me. He says, "For if the message spoken through angels was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation?" This salvation had its beginning when it was spoken of by the Lord and it was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Follow the logic of these first two of these two verses. He's he's pointing back to the Mosaic Law, and it was known in their culture. Remember, he's talking to the Hebrew people, right? And so this is the story, this is the truth that they have grown, grown up with, that when Moses was on the mountain, that it says in Scripture that God gave him the Ten Commandments, but in their culture, there was this understanding that there were angelic beings that were there with him. And so when he says in verse two, for if the message spoken through angels was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment, that's what he's calling their attention to. He's saying, you know this to be truth. We know that God gave us these rules. And we also know because we grew up in it, that if we disobeyed this truth, there would be just punishment right? There's this idea, this is a, a normal way of, of teaching in this culture that if something is true in the small, it will also be true in the big. And that's what he's pointing to. He's saying, listen, if, if this was a big enough deal that God sent angels to deliver us this law and there was always going to be just punishment for it, how much greater will it be if God himself gives us salvation, and we ignore it, or we turn away, or we drift away. If the instructions from the angels had to be obeyed, how much more important was it to obey the direct instruction of God Himself? You see, again, He's he's dealing with this tension, this longing to be reunited with their families, to get their source of income back. They were tempted in all of those ways to give up the truth of the gospel in order to receive those things. And and your testimony this morning spoke directly to that. So again, I want to affirm that the Lord was using that today. What Leah was describing was this desire to look a certain way. And that drew her away from the relationship that she longed her whole life to have. You see, truth cannot be ignored. It can't be done away with. What is true is always true. As we look at our own lives, as we think about this for ourselves, we've got we to gotta reconcile this, that if we break the law and there must be punishment, and we know that to be truth because that's why Jesus came, if we know that to be true, then we certainly cannot deny the gospel and expect to go unpunished. At first, when I was, when I was thinking through what I wanted to title this message, what I wanted our focus to be, my first thing that I kind of pointed to was that that sin must be justified right God's got to deal with it there's there's no way to get around it we cannot be in the presence of a holy God and be unholy because that blemishes his holiness it's impossible and so in order for us to be in the presence of God we have to deal with that sin in our lives more specifically Jesus had to deal with the sin in our lives for the author, there's no desire just to give uh, instruction to, about proper doctrine. His desire is to reach our hearts, and more importantly, to move our will to action. You see, it's not, this is not about us just getting good head knowledge about how all of this works. Leah knew how a relationship with God was supposed to work, but it wasn't until God was able to move her will to action that things actually changed. And the same is true for each of us. Jesus declared His word to those who were easily robbed of His message. Think about that. Easily deflected by adversity or easily preoccupied with either anxiety or coveting. Jesus says Himself that the doctors come not for the healthy but for the sick, right? That's us. All of us are in that category. All of us are in desperate need of a Savior. All of us are tempted to all day, every day, to pull away from Christ, to follow the things of the world. And it's because we're constantly pulled away from Him that He came to us. This is our truth that cannot be ignored, that Jesus declares His Word to us and we are in need of it. He came to those that needed His grace and mercy the most and shared the truth with us because we needed it. And church, how we respond to that truth makes a difference in our passage the author of Hebrews is trying to convince the people not to drift away remember he told them to focus to put their attention on to remember the things that had been spoken to them and had been testified by those who were there who saw and heard with their own eyes I want us to think about this for just a moment how we respond to the truth makes a difference in our lives Look with me at Mark chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 15 through 19. And I love this morning, I leaned over to Bethany because the kid's stuff was on the seed. And today we're about to read a portion of the parable or the conclusion to the parable of the sower. You guys are familiar with this story. And This is uh, after the disciples asked Jesus some questions about it. This is his response. Starting in verse 15. He said, some are like the words sown on a path. When they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word sown in them. And others are like seeds sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy, but they have no root, they are short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like seeds sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word. But worries of this age, the deceit, deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Church, how we choose to receive the truth determines the outcome of the gospel in our lives. Leah, again, testimony of that today. She'd given her life to the Lord, but she chose a certain area of her life and said, this one belongs to me, God. You can have everything else, and it impacted her relationship with God and the, the same is true for us look what he goes on to say in verse 20 he said in those like seeds sown on good soil hear the word welcome it and produce fruit 30 60 and 100 times what is sown listen when we choose to receive the truth when we receive it and we apply it to our lives the Holy Spirit begins to work in us and fruit is produced and I love that our, our children's message today was pointing specifically to that. Because what's inside a fruit? Seeds. That's how the cycle works. I, I was thinking about this as we watched that. We're, a lot of us are pretty far removed from our, our eating cycle in terms of where we get our food. But I know I'm looking around the room. There are quite a few faces in here that are very familiar with that cycle, right? And that seeds are a big part of that. You've got to remember, when Jesus is talking to these people and he's thinking about, he's talking about seeds and where they're sown. He's talking to a group of people whose life literally depends on their ability to grow food for themselves. This is not just some random idea that he pulled out of the air. This is Jesus talking to a group of people who knew the value of a seed and the value of putting it in the right place. Of treating it the right way. Of following the steps. Kids to make it grow he knew those things and so what what he's telling us church is that how we choose to treat that gospel seed in our lives is going to make all the difference in the world now we know and we understand that our growth ultimately is dependent upon the holy spirit but we play a role in that growth by choosing to allow the holy spirit to work in our lives Church, the truth that Jesus came to fulfill the law on our behalf is the truth that cannot be ignored. It is significant. Track with me here. If we can't ignore the small truths in our lives, how can we ignore the most significant truth? That Jesus came and He lived and He died for my sins. We've heard the gospel and we know how we should respond if the truth cannot be ignored, we have to address it in some way. We can't say, yes, that's truth, and then turn a blind eye to it. That's not the way we're supposed to respond. We just looked at how Jesus instructs us to face difficult truths in our lives. What does it look like for you and for me when we respond the way Jesus tells us to? What does that look like for our, in our lives? Firstly, we respond by choosing to receive the gospel. By choosing to receive the truth, we see it and we acknowledge it and we choose to allow that to have impact in our lives. I I keep going back to you this morning because the Lord's obviously speaking and I want to draw us to it. There was that moment in Leah's life where her attitude, her will changed from I would rather die to I would do anything. That's the place we all need to be not just with the gospel, not just in terms of our salvation, but in terms of our daily relationship with the Lord. That when that tension comes, when we begin to feel it, our response is, I will do anything, Father, to follow you, to pursue you. We accept the gospel on God's terms, not on our own. Right? That's written in my notes, Leah. There is no way to improve upon God's plan. And you cannot add or take away from it and it still be the gospel. He and church, share, especially in our culture, there's this idea that Leah addressed this morning and one of our other things that she shared that we have this idea that we can work really hard, that we can add some things to our portfolio, if you will, and God will look at that and go, ooh, nice, but that's not how it works. We don't get to add to the gospel and it still be the gospel. We have to accept the gospel as God provides it. He says, here it is. Here is my offer take it or leave it and we have to decide will we take it or will we leave it secondly you obey the truth that God is speaking into your life the fruit of the spirit will show up in your life as you walk in obedience to God we talk about this in the abiding cycle all the time that when we obey we begin to see God do what only God can do we don't get to take credit for that But that's part of the beauty of being in relationship with Christ. And, And I just want to say, I say this, I've said this before, and you know this in your heads, but we got to get in our hearts that Jesus didn't save us for a future heaven. Again, I love the John Piper quote this morning. Jesus saved us for right now, to be in relationship with him today. Which brings us to the third thing, is that you share the gospel as the Spirit leads. Because Jesus didn't save us for today by ourselves. Jesus saved us for today so that we could be bearers of fruit that could spread the gospel seed so that other people have an opportunity to experience the salvation that Jesus has provided for us right now as we live here on earth. Church, this is a non-negotiable. Often when we think about, especially in our church culture, we think about our relationship with Christ and we think it's about us that we live in a pod maybe our family is involved in that pod but what we do with Jesus is between us church I want to say that that's not the truth that that is not the gospel that Jesus is very clear we talk about Colossians often it says Christ in us is the hope of glory God's plan for the for the world to know him is us we got to get it out of our brains that that's someone else's job Listen, if you're waiting on your pastor to share the gospel with your friend, it ain't going to happen because I probably don't know your friend, and I have not earned the right to be heard in their lives. God's not waiting for someone else to do what he's called you to do. That is your responsibility. Listen, I understand that this isn't a particularly easy thing that we're talking about here. As soon as we start talking about sharing Christ with other people, a lot of us probably go, because we've been down that road before we've had the tracks in our hands that are so corny we don't even want to read them to ourselves much less to somebody else but church we are hearing from this passage that it is that it is in the end that jesus is going to reconcile our sin the day is coming when we will all stand before the king and that's not a, you better act right because one day you're going to have to answer for your sins. That is a, you have been given the opportunity to share the most significant truth that you have, will have ever heard with the people that you love. Because one day they're going to stand before Jesus. And sin will have to be dealt with. We either have to accept Jesus' gift of salvation or we are separated from Him for all eternity. Those of us that are believers, we know that. We understand it. And what Jesus is calling us to do, church, is to live like it. It's to make our priorities in life not based around the things that we want, the things that we think will bring us joy, but around what He's calling us to do. We cannot ignore the truth that God has given us a story to share, and we've got to share it. Share with your friends, like Leah did with us today, where you can say, look, I thought I had it all figured out, and Jesus revealed to me that I didn't, and I didn't want to give in to that, but when I did, everything got better. Everything I'd ever wanted in my relationship with God got where it was supposed to be, not because I worked really hard, but because I finally said, Jesus, I've had enough. I need you to do it for me. I've tried my best, and I cannot do it. All of us have stories like that to share. I was thinking about this this morning, I'm going to continue to pray about this, but Easter's coming and one of the things that I think would be incredible for us as a church is to give us opportunity to share our stories with one another here in this setting. What a better way to tell the world about the fact that Jesus died and rose from the dead to forgive us of our sins than to share our stories to say, I was dead in my sin and this is what Jesus did for me. This is how it impacted my life. In church, not only do we have our own stories, but we share the stories of our brothers and sisters in Christ. We've all heard, we've responded to, and we've experienced the truth of gospel, and we are now a crowd of witnesses. If you go back, scroll back up, um, David, if you would go back to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2 through 3, I want to show you something real quick. Verse 3, the last part of it, says, this salvation had its beginning when it was spoken of by the Lord. Okay, we know that. Look at that last part. And it was confirmed to us by those who heard them. Church, having a crowd of witnesses is significant. Think about this in a legal setting. If you're in a court of law and there is even a single eyewitness, that is admissible as truth. And so what I'm getting at today is we don't just have our own story. We have our stories collectively. Last week, somebody in our life group shared something that God's been doing in their life that's really difficult, and that person started their story with, listen, I might be crazy and I'm not sure, but let me tell you what is going on in my life. And we were able to sit around that table and say, you're not crazy, man. We've been in similar situations where God spoke something that looked like it was so outside of the box that there's no way it could happen. There's no way it could be truth. And as we continue to follow, we discover that Jesus is so much bigger than we are. And even though it looked like there's no way that things could happen, that they do. We are a crowd of witnesses. And when when Jesus begins to work in our lives, we need the confirmation of our fellow believers to encourage us to say, no, you're not crazy. God is working. He is doing something. Church, when we encounter the truth, it cannot be ignored. And the truth can be the gospel. I've talked about that a lot today. But the truth can be the little things, too, that God's doing in your life. When God begins to speak, we cannot ignore those things. We have to be obedient because in the end, it's for our very best. We can't add to that truth. We can't say, okay, God, I'll do that and or I'll do that if. We just obey. The author of Hebrews is reminding the hearers of the truth that that they heard. This truth that was confirmed by people who directly heard it from Jesus. These people that are being tempted to turn away because of all the tension in their life, the the author is saying, church, remember, this is the truth. And I'm not just saying it's the truth. There are all of these people who heard Jesus say it himself. So church, as for us, as TGP West, as God is speaking in your life, if you're not sure if it's God or not, get that crowd of witnesses around you. Pray about that together. Because when we see the truth of the gospel, we can move forward in faith because our experiences cumulatively are going to speak to that. And we can have confidence and we can have faith that it's not just us that God is working in in that way. but That He works in all of our lives in such an intimate way. And when we hear those things, when we hear the Lord begin to speak, don't ignore that truth. Lean into it. Let's pray together. Father, I know in my own life, it is so difficult sometimes to look at the things that you're calling us to do and just say, okay, fine, I'll do it. That often when you call us to something, it's so much bigger than we are, or it's more than we ever think we could handle. God, I ask that this week that as we we face those challenges, Lord, that you would speak so clearly to us. That you would speak truth into our lives, that you would give us vision, that you would give us focus, that you would give us the courage to step out in faith and trust you. Father, as we have opportunities to share the gospel with the people that you've placed in our lives, Father, that we wouldn't be concerned with what we're going to say, but rather we would be concerned with the condition of their heart. Father, that we would think more about them than we would think of ourselves. Father, as you reveal truth to us this week, God, give us all that we need to not ignore it, but to lean into that truth and accept it and see the goodness that you have for us. Jesus, we ask these things in your name, amen.